Hello. Welcome to Texocity slash Reddit chats here on Texocity. I don't know how to do intros anymore because it's been forever. My name is Donna and I'm your host. Reddit chats is presented by the 210 Culture Podcast and Pub Culture Radio on the tubes and of course Spotify and wherever the fuck else you're listening to. Happy fucking October, people. It's been a fucking minute. Finally, October, we up in this spooky bitch. And then, you know, Hollow My Ween is just around the corner. It is a good time to be alive. Let me fucking tell you. This is season two of Reddit Chats here on Texocity. If you don't know what that is, well, it is where I read to you guys different Reddit stories either on Reddit Stay Awake, Creepypasta, horror narrations, anything spooky on Reddit, I'm on there. Today's story is called, I'm an ambulance chaser, but now I'm the one being chased. This is part one of three. It was posted on Reddit Stay Awake by Orion St. James all together. And the first, and I do this every October. Actually, I just started. This is the second October that I do it. Anyways, I'm gonna stop blabbering on. Grab a snack, grab a drink, and just listen to my beautiful voice. My name's Lenny Chapman, and yeah, I'm an ambulance chaser. People always get all high and mighty about lawyers like me until they're the ones with the broken leg or back. There's Neither here nor there, though, because recently I got mixed in some shit you just wouldn't believe. And now, someone's out there chasing this ambulance chaser. While we're on the subject, that term's actually a bit of a misnomer. I don't chase ambulances. I meet them at the hospital. What? You think the guy making 25k a year to save lives won't text me about a juicy car wreck for a quick 500 bucks? I just got one of those texts a few nights ago, and it sure sounded juicy. Picture two guys. One in a bright yellow Lamborghini, and another in a base trim Corolla. Lambo guy is driving drunk, runs a red light going fuck knows how fast, and T-Bones base trim Corolla guy. Base trim Corolla guy's a gym teacher and probably makes shit money. Lambo guy wasn't wearing a seatbelt, so he's too busy getting washed off a base trim Corolla to worry about legal matters. But his estate and insurance company have just what a potentially paraplegic former gym coach needs for his new life. Minus my 33%, of course. About 15 minutes after the accident happened, I got a text from one of my EMTs. I think his name is Enrique. His life as St. Mary's third shift in my phone. Tell him I said hi if you know him. And I got to St. Mary's right after he and the gym teacher did. By then, my admin had dug up all his public records. Wife and kids, credit history, everything. I met my guy out back to discuss the condition of poor Mr. Derek Lewis. Definitely a spinal. Enrique, or whatever his name is, told me. He was in and out on the way over. Breathing? Yeah, no intubation, just immobilized. You get the plate number on the Lambo? He smiled at me and brought out his phone and flashed a picture. Damn, if the kid hadn't snapped a picture of the crumbled up Aventator and its former driver splattered all over the place. Shift Super did most of the triage. I had time to get this and 15 other pictures. Shit, kid, you're all right. I need you to email those to me. 
He took a final drag and dropped his smoke on the ground and squashed it. Thing about that is, the way I see it, those pictures put you in a real good position. I should have known. The fucking nerve on this kid. I reached into my pocket, felt for the wad of bills, and peeled off too. Here, you ungrateful punk. Dos hundredo is all I've got left. Let me get you my card so you can email that shit to me. Aside from that one there, he nodded to the ground as he took the two bills. I'd accidentally dropped one. I'll text them to you. Bus fare, I said, picking up the bill. Now where's the plaintiff? Should be in the triage or the ER by now, he said, turning to walk away. You know where that is, right? I'll track it down. Don't forget those pictures. Thanks, Enrique. I called after him as I turned back towards the hospital. My name's not Enrique, asshole. I waved him off as he called his real name out to me. He's out here committing a crime by feeding me private medical info, and he's lucky I'm protecting his ass by using an assumed identity. Enrique is easier to remember anyway. I flashed one of my visitor passes and checked in triage and emergency, but he wasn't there. Finally, I handed an orderly the $100 bill I'd accidentally dropped, and he looked into it. Trauma ward, fourth floor, room 428. The floor was mostly deserted, but down the hall I could see a few people milling around outside room 421. There was a doctor, a cute little nurse, and some tall, thin job wearing a black suit and a bolo tie. He had the palest skin I've ever seen. And when he glanced in my direction, the look of him gave me the creeps. I doubled back down the hall, ducked into the bathroom, and waited a bit. I wondered who Mr. Bolo Tai was and hoped another lawyer hadn't already gotten to my client. Finally, I stepped out of the bathroom and the coast was clear at the end of the hall. I crept up to the room, peeked in, and it was empty. I was dumbfounded. Can I help you? I must have been a little anxious because I jumped when I heard the voice behind me. It was a pretty nurse who'd been here a few minutes ago with the doc and bolo tie. Oh, uh, sorry about that. I was just checking for... Do you have a visitor's pass? I assume you don't work here. Pretty or not, this kitten had claws. Along with an accent I couldn't quite place. Yeah, yeah, of course I got one. I felt around my jacket pocket and finally pulled one out, hoping it was still good. She took it, then looked back at me. This is from Kindred, she said, slapping the other hospital's pass into my chest. And it's expired. Look, I'm sorry, I just, uh, well, I'm a friend of Mr. Lewis, and I was told he was here. And your name is? Lenny Chapman. I'm, you're an ambulance chaser, she said. You're not supposed to be here, and you need to leave. I understand, I said, nodding. Let me just give you a card for the, now, she barked. I know when I'm not wanted. So I put my hands up, told her, okay, and headed out there. She's feisty, that one. She followed me to the elevator, too. When I go outside, I happen to look back up at the building, and who did I see looking down at me from a fourth floor window? You guessed it. It was her and that pale-faced motherfucker. I guess I'm not the only one paying for leads because he must have a direct line to her. Something about the whole situation kept bothering me. So the next day, I called Susanna Lewis, the gym coach's wife, just in case the pasty bolo tie guy wasn't all the legal representation she needed. Mrs. Lewis. This is Lenny Chapman calling about your husband. Are you from the hospital? She sounded like she had been crying. Well, no, not exactly. I said slowly and calmly with my patented empathetic voice. I spoke with your husband at the hospital. Now he was in and out, but he suggested I call you. Wait, you spoke with him? She sounded incredulous. At the hospital? Well, yes, 
but only briefly. In cold calls like these, it's important to not give too much away. Enrique said he was awake on the way to the hospital anyway. He wanted you and the kids to be taken care of while he recovers. These situations can be very taxing. Financially, I mean, Mrs. Lewis. While he recovers? She snapped. My husband is dead. Who is this? He's dead? I was stunned. Yes, she said angrily, and the phone went dead. I was dumbfounded. I'm no doctor, but the situation Enrique described shouldn't have killed this guy. Honestly, this is the hardest part of the job. The guy's dead. He's never going to see his wife or kids again. And we're probably talking about medical malpractice on top of criminal negligence on the part of the driver. Unfortunately, Mrs. Lewis was too heartbroken to see that. And that's the real tragedy in cases like these. I was thinking about all of that when the phone rang. It was Mrs. Lewis calling me back. Mrs. Lewis? Hello? I answered cautiously. You're scum, Mr. Chapman. You know that, right? She said coldly. Mrs. Lewis, if only I could help you here, I said. Open-ended statements like these can be very effective. Maybe you can. Do you know what they did to my husband? No, I don't. What did they do? She had my full attention. Had they admitted to some kind of medical error? They cremated him. He died last night, and they cremated him less than three hours later. They said it was an accident, and they've offered some kind of, I don't even know what word they use, a pittance, Mr. Chapman? For the first time I can remember, I was speechless. Finally, I managed to ask a question. They? They who? Ever eternity funeral home, she said. I can't even find a phone number for them, but that's where the hospital sent my husband. He would never have wanted to be cremated. Mm, something's off here. I thought to myself, they keep stiffs in the morgue at least until someone can identify the remains. Mrs. Lewis, I'll get to the bottom of this. The thing is, though, we need to go after the hospital for malpractice and the guy who hit your husband for causing the accident. He's worth probably... You'll find out why they did this, Lenny Chapman, or just fuck off. I don't care what you choose. The line went dead again. I'll be frank with you. I wanted to chase this. I did. But my practice depends on quick cases and easy settlements. On top of that, I still had a hunch that this bolo tie guy was already representing Miss Lewis. And maybe she just wanted a second look or something like that. I asked my paralegal to take a look into the funeral home the next day. But aside from that, I mostly let it go. I had mostly forgotten about all of it. When I heard from Enrique earlier tonight, he had another lead for me down at St. Mary's and I met him there like last time. It was a bicycle delivery guy who got hit by a taxi, and it was pretty open and shut. He was awake, alert, and pissed off. I flip Enrique, or whatever his name is, the money, and head inside. I managed to talk to the biker into signing with me in about 20 minutes. Should be good for a quick settlement of at least 50 grand. I was in a good mood as I stepped out of the hospital. But then, something caught my eye. It was my old friend with the china face and bolo tie, lurking in the shadows by the side of the building. I watched as he went in through a service door I hadn't noticed before. The son of a bitch, I thought to myself. What's he got himself into now? I guess my curiosity got the better of me because a minute later, I was peering down a dimly lit hallway on the other side of the service door. I didn't love the idea of following that creepy bastard down a dark hallway. 
but I love the idea of losing clients to him even less. I heard sounds coming from behind a pair of double doors, and when I looked in, I saw an aestheticized patient being worked on by a doctor and nurse under some really dim lighting. They didn't seem to be all that concerned about hygiene either, because they weren't wearing masks. In fact, the nurse wasn't even wearing gloves. The doctor made an incision and removed something from the patient. It was a small kind of oval-shaped kidney. I watched as he placed it on a scale, took note of the weight, and then put it in a box packed with ice, and then cut the next one. I backed up and looked around, then back into the room and finally realized where I was. It was the morgue. If he's an organ donor, why the hell are they down here? A noise behind startled me, and when I turned... Old Bolotai was standing a few inches from me. I could smell his breath and could see that he had some kind of white face paint or even powder all over his face. He smiled, the most diabolical smile I've ever seen. And I was so scared that I almost fell backwards. He was pushing a cadaver stretcher and he patted the stainless steel top. There's room for two here, if you'd like. For a second, I couldn't even breathe staring at the ghoul. But when he said that, I bolted like Usain and got the hell out of there. By the time I got in my car, he was standing at the other end of the parking lot, watching me. And I could swear I was being tailed on the drive out. I decided to head to the office instead of going home. And when I got there, I locked the doors, dropped the shades, then peered out into the street trying to figure out who to call about this. When no cars pulled down the street, I got into my big plush office chair and tried to relax as I looked through my phone. I know of plenty of cops. Just then, headlights flashed across my office window, then went out. I crept up to the window, split the blinds, and peered out. On the street outside, there was that pale-faced ghoul. He was looking up at me with that smile on his face, leaning up against his car. Not just any car either. It was a hearse with the words Ever Eternity Funeral Home written across the side. I sat back in my chair, occasionally peeking back out the window only to see him standing there like a statue. Finally, after what seemed like hours, he left. And about an hour after that, so did I. I drove home on the emptiest roads I could find to make sure no one was following me. And it took me until damn near dawn to get there. I parked my car, took a final look around me, and headed up to the house. There, stuck between the door and the jam, was a business card for Ever Eternity Funeral Home. On the back, someone had scrawled a note. Sorry we missed you tonight. See you again soon. Damn right you will, I thought to myself, choking down the rising fear. Such a scary story. That's good. This is part one. And isn't it crazy? I saw a movie. I think it was called 12 Hours. It's like a lifetime scary movie. And it was about this uh, lady that worked at the hospital but she would also sell organs to i think it was her sister or sister-in-law and uh, the family was like this whole fucking organ selling like business the sister-in-law was a crackhead or she was a druggie she was in the hospital trying to get somebody's kidneys because she had lost the first pair of kidneys and i think the brother was like you need to get them now If not, you're going to fucking die. And she was like, well, I don't want to die. So there she was. And the sister-in-law that actually worked at the hospital was like, you dumb bitch. She kept just kept fucking shit up. I think it's called 12 Hours. It's on Hulu for sure. My throat is like, not today, Satan. 
So I will see you guys next time. Stick around for part two and for part three. Make sure to subscribe to Two Tank Culture and Pub Culture Radio on the tubes on YouTube so that you will be notified on the next upcoming episodes. And I will see you guys later.